Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Getting started in podcasting doesn't have to be overwhelming. It can feel like a lot when thinking through the right microphone to use, how to edit, and where to find guests. But since you've been so amazing to listen to my podcast, How to Ride a Roller Coaster, I want to give you something in return. It's called Everything You Need to Know to Start a Podcast in 24 Hours, and it's all yours. Go to realdavidezel.com to grab your free copy to help you get started on your podcasting journey. That's realdavidezel, E-Z-E-L-L.com. Thank you again for listening. It's truly appreciated. Freedom over fame. Free, free, freedom over f- cycle stays the same. Welcome in everyone to How to Ride a Roller Coaster. I'm your host, David Ezel. Here we'll talk with business owners and founders on what it's like to ride the roller coaster known as entrepreneurship. How to navigate the highs the lows, as well as tangible tips that you can use right now to kickstart your business or idea. Let's get to it. Welcome into tonight's episode of How to Ride a Roller Coaster. My guest tonight is Mr. Colt Coletti. He is the founder of The Jungle. And I've got to say, like I... I started following you, I think, I think actually on Instagram or maybe I've seen like something on social. This was back in like 2018, 2019. And I think it was with you training people like Alvin Kamara, you know, like just doing unbelievable things. It's completely different form of, of training than what most people are used to. So welcome in, tell people more about what you do, how you got started and tell us more about the jungle. Well, honestly, it got started with training myself. Got started back in the 80s <laughs> as a little kid, about seven, eight years old, really. And it just kind of evolved. It came out of necessity. It kind of evolved. And so, you know, it was never, oh, you know, about looks or anything like that. It was training for performance because, you know, to be an athlete in football. And I was, you know, I didn't have any natural ability, no natural talent. I'm just kind of small average guy you know not nothing nothing special about me you look at it but i'm like well shit i'm not gonna sit the bench my whole life i'm tired of you know getting laughed at and clowned by you know girls in the neighborhood saw me trying to work out and everything laughed at me like i even had you know <laughs> i've had some pretty sick stuff <laughs> happen like over that you would never think that ridicule and humiliation and shit, like just um, sitting the bench and just you know, just getting dogged and like hopeless, getting torn apart. I'm talking about it's some pretty brainwashing type stuff, man. And it just kind of like, all right, well, look, I don't have no control over my ability, my size, none of that, anything else. If if you know, people like me or whatever, so I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna just train, and I know they're not gonna do. I know they're not gonna go through what I do. It's you know the effort. I'm gonna put out the effort, and that's all I can control. And so I did that, and it's been a for thirty over thirty years. One of the biggest things that I noticed, you know, that anybody I think would take away from just like watching the way that you go about what you do, how you put everything into what you do, and how it's so much more mindset over body limitations. Oh, definitely. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, and I've heard you even talk about that in some of your videos, you know, when you're training, because it is so much mentally, you know, you say, oh, I'm done. I can only do one more rep. I can only do one more run up the levee. But no, you can you can do a lot more. Oh, your, your mind, your body <laughs> will get before the mind. You say mind, you got to get it in your mind. And that's another thing. I don't let, well, the non-athletes or the older people, I'll give them a little bit of mercy. If you're an athlete or a young man or young lady, you're training for something, like specifically for this is what you came for, no. I'm putting through how I went through it. There's no bending over in the workout, no sitting down on a whole crew. I, put, I changed their whole mindset. I'm like, dude, what are you doing bending over? Are you serious? You better not bend over here training with me because they're tired. They're running, bending over. I said, dude, the enemy's watching. They are watching you, dude. And that confidence grows. It's waiting to see you tired bending over like that. I can't. I used to couldn't wait to see that. I was like, "Oh man, they're done." Where did you get that mindset from? Like, where where did you get from that? My, where I play that? Yeah. How do you how do you break down those barriers? Well, it ain't easy. <laughs> I, I'm tell you, it, it took years. Like, I mean, I I tell you a little quick story. I mean, it's it's kind of sick, but I was like, uh, probably like eleven or twelve years old. Playing, I played, you know, in middle school. I I, I went to John Curtis in the fourth grade. When I was nine, and you could start playing football then. And that was my first year actually playing football. And, you know, they got, they stacked over there. Well, they were back in the 80s and 90s. And they had some big dudes, guys, you know, six, 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 seven in middle school, real killers, hitters, fast. If you could play, you was over there. And a lot of competition, a whole lot. And it, it's the kind of start of my life. These guys got natural ability, but they kind of lazy. You know, they do just bare minimum what's asked of them, and that's that. So I'm like, well, all right, I'm going to go out and do shit, but they're not willing to do, what they can't do, don't want to do, you know. Uh, you know, because, I mean, when you're talent, you know, it's like when talent meets talent, talent ain't going to be enough. You're going to have to have, you have to call on toughness to see your character and see what you have inside to see that. And that gave me one level, you know, for three years, hurting. Like I, when I first started, I was... Man, I was so young. I'll be hanging on the fence, throwing up. The neighbors would be like, it's our entertainment for them. You know, like, <laughs> I think my dad's holding me down, and I'm throwing up laying there, a little kid. And they love me, you know? But, I mean, it, it took some suffering to do that and build that mindset. Like, because I noticed when I was 10, and I, they put me in the game. I was a running back. They put me in the game. They run the ball, and that's the position over there. Like, that's a running team. That's what they do. 28 state championships. You know, played for the state championship 38 times. He's the most winless coach in the country. And well, he put me in the game. And it was a cold day in like day, like October, during October. It was a cold, cold Sunday. And like my hands, were, you know how your hands get cold and stuff like that? Well, I fumbled the ball. And as soon as I got, before I even got back to the huddle, coach, middle school coach was beating the brakes off him. Bam, hit me all over the helmet with his state rings on. So it rings in your ear. You know, and you're like, ah. He's like, why did you fall that ball? I can't believe you did that. Like, it's cold. And he, oh, my God. He hit me. That's the worst so thing. I should have never. It was never cold a day in my life after that. I didn't wear a jacket to school. I didn't own a jacket. I didn't look at a jacket. It would be, everybody else would be huddled up in the school. I was in high school. I was like, it's cold. No, nah, it ain't cold. Never. Never again in my life. Like, <laughs> in that, from 10, 11, probably about 11. It was never cold again. I mean, because it was, you know, a good amount of people. It was a 
a little small little playground game, whatever. But it was our Curtis team when we go play the Ready, this team out in the East, New Orleans East, and they all right. Back. It was good. It was tough. They had the hood. They were out in the hood now. And they rocking with the barbecue pit out there. Everybody drinking their beer on the hanging on the fence. So I'm getting my ass whooped in front of all these people. How about a coach? Reamed out and ridiculed. But you know what? That changed my whole mindset about the weather. Like, you know, oh, it's cool. And tell me it's cold and you fumble the ball. How dare you? Took me out the game, play no more. And I was like, shit. I'm, I'm pretty beat up about that. And I was like, I remember it to this day. You know, and I, that's happened 30 years ago. <laughs> Man, and at that point, you've really got two options. You can either go back to the bench and feel sorry for yourself, right. make excuses, blame the coach or whatever you want to do. Or you can kind of shift that and say, well, that's not going to happen again and, and use it. Right. It's either going to make you or break you. And I'm like, uh, I can't give up. I mean, shit, it's, you know, that's why, that's why I'm here. <laughs> oh. So let's talk, let's talk about the jungle. So you've always kind of come from like that, that background of intense training, one goal, putting everything toward it. How did you, where did like that, passion for like wanting to train others come from well really man it, it started back in high school man they, people wanted to come train me just to train them because i when i i hit my freshman year and not during, during the football season but after in the off season and i was young you know young especially for that place i was only 14 as a freshman most of those guys are 15 16 you know they graduated 19 and i, I graduated you know, off to college at 17. So I was real young, and about in the in the off season of my freshman year, I had benched two ninety. Me and um, the linebacker worked out in front of mine. He was outside linebacker, and he was a little bigger than me. And we both benched two ninety. We were working out together that whole freshman year, and you know it's like all around the school and talk like that and everything. So people, you know, and as the years went by, it just got built it up more. And the players wanted to train. You know, my teammates wanted to come train with me because my my dad played, you know, he played, he played ball at the same place and everything. He had, we had some weights at the house and my mom, she taught, you know, aerobics and stuff. So they were all in the fitness at Red Laurel's and Lashfield Division because they met at USL or USL, it was USL yeah. back then. And they, you know, I was fortunate enough that they said, look, well, okay, we're going to get, they, my mom was flipping through the paper and she found this like ex-bodybuilder and his kid selling some weights out their garage garage sale type thing and man, man i got a bench i mean there's a lot of weight for like around a grand and this was in the 90, early mid 90s and that's how it, that's where it, you know, and i just added to it as the years go by and like people want to train me so when, if you really want to i mean it was, nobody was paying me in high school but i'm saying they were coming like team by team they all want to train you know if they were they all want to train man and then college same thing and it just kind of i was like well shit i'm just used to it like you know, because if you get a good training partner, that's going to push you to do better. You know, you push each other. For sure. You don't get better by, by hanging around working out with people that are not as good as you or less than you or not want to. They don't take it seriously as you. You got to have somebody with that drive. Just like I was telling you about my college roommate, you know, he called me up because we used to work out together. He knows I'm the only one that's going to get in that energy, get in that vibe to go out there and do what he's got to do. So that kind of, I guess, right. started it. Gotcha. So let's get into, I guess, kind of like when you're building your brand. So the brand for the jungle and your, the brand for yourself. You've been doing all of this for years and years. 
you know kind of what you're doing. You know how to do all the training. Did there Was there a moment when you said, man, I can really start to kind of build this, this brand for not only myself, but I can build something that people want to come to that's even bigger than myself? I really had never thought about it, honestly, until <laughs> I was just, you know, training people. I had always trained people on the side, you know, all the time since I had got out of college and everything. And But I always had worked other jobs. You know, I got a degree in health and feed, you know, first training certification. I got all kinds of different education behind it. But the book stuff is just the basic. I mean, you got to have the basic now, but the real learning takes place time under the bar. When you get out here and you get it done, you get, and everybody's different. So you got to, like, if I'm going to train people, so I've trained everybody from a homeless man to $100 million athletes and all, three and a third rookies of the year out of the garage and all in between. They not it, they know it's all business when we come in here. Like, there's no playing around. They got guys, I mean, there's a graveyard, man. It, so much throw up. Be, I had people quit in the warm-up. In the warm-up. And so they already, it's, it's brutal. And, like, that's how it all just came about. I was like, well. I never thought of it like as as a. I mean, I just thought of it as anywhere. Well, I go to jungle is, you know, I can turn it in any workout anywhere into a workout. You know, we're out in the street in San Antonio with my roommate. The jungle was there because I was there. I put it in there. I made it happen, and it just kind of evolved into that because another trainer. I was training a guy, and his his cousin was another trainer. Matter of fact, I I think I'm Dallas. And he talked to me. He's like, man, you need to do you marketing and all that stuff. Like, you know, I don't know what all that means. It's, I, I'm going to try to just get in there and get the work done. And he's like, you need to get your my logo and get your shirt and, like, you know, so people know. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. Started working on it. And, you know, as I really came about with the, the dumbbell. Yeah, no, and, and I've seen some of your videos, just like you said, like where you're training, but you're, the people you're training might be in Los Angeles or they might be somewhere else. So when you go, do you, like, take a certain set of things with you? So that you make sure you have like a couple of key things to go through, or do you get to your your location and you say, okay, well now that I'm here, we're gonna train. Let me go find you something here, or what does that kind of look like? Um, well, I take the main thing. I, I'll take a few bands with me, a few exercise bands to hook up to whatever you know, barbell, doing whatever we're doing. Because I, I like to use bands. I use chains a lot. Weight, but I can't take all of that stuff with me because it's. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like I could put a couple bands, it, but most of the time, like like when I went out to LA, you know, stuff we would go to big time facilities like we did UCLA. Yep, they're on uh, athletic camp. They had everything, you know. Um, but when we trained the map, we trained the guy's house or whatever. Man, like I had the stuff there. They had weight. I mean, we could we could be out in walking in the neighborhood, and I'll make sure we get a workout. Um, yeah, it's it's all about the intensity you put into it, and uh, it's. If you get creative, it's just about being creative with it. Like, all right, how can I stress my body work the most muscle, you know, and challenge myself the most? Whether it be depending on we working on getting strong, getting faster, more explosive, how can I do that? And I just put it together. I was going to say that's a great way to look at it. Then you're not, you know, you're not beholden to your surroundings. Like, like you said, you could be walking down the street, whatever it is, get creative and find a way. Do you have anybody or any other? place that you kind of like take some of that inspiration from when it comes to like the creativity of the workouts that you train uh well yeah i mean like i've learned man i over the years man i read so many articles and like magazines watched so many documentaries just like just trying to learn as much as i could i was like and i, I myself was the guinea pig i was like all right 
I gotta find out what's work, what works. All right, I, what do I know? I gotta get bigger, stronger, faster, more explosive. You know, that's what I I can control. Sir, I can control my effort and me going in the weight room. I can control that. I can go in there, put the effort in. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to rely on nobody for that. Because you can't rely yeah. on unreliable. And that's what 90% of this world is unreliable. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I, it's on me. So, look, here's the weight. That's what my, there's the weights. You know, it's on you to use them. Coming out of his garage where he has all of this, everything set up, is the levee in New Orleans. And getting straight to it. The door opens and it's just straight up. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there. It's so unique and so authentic. There's no, no frills. It's just get right to work. And that's what I love the most about it. Oh, it's not, it's nothing pretty. I mean, it's never about looks and nothing like that. It's pretty about performance. I mean, it, no, nobody wants to look like shit. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, Oh, sign me up for that. Sure. Crap. Oh yeah. Let me, <laughs> oh, ain't that. But at the same time, you know, you come in here, for business so i hate right. they show up late and they got to go get dressed they come and flip i hate that i'm like man and i said less mercy i take on them when i i know the athletes i know i push them i'm like no look i better not see you bending over if you sit down just take your stuff and just leave but, uh, i don't want to i'm not fooling with that you know we got look the workouts are not no ruling that long all day drawn out sessions we're talking about 45 minutes but we get you can do a lot in 45 minutes oh i'll make sure we do and i most of the, <laughs> oh i have no i have no doubt <laughs> most of the time i jump in there with them because i got a demo the first thing normally because they've never done it before seen it before or whatever and so really shit it depends on how many people i was training that day i trained up to 20 people in a day and, and that's taxing on me man because i got a, a mini workout and then some of them Right. Some of the pro guys and everything, they want me working out with them the whole damn time, pushing them, which I don't get. I'm, I'm a paid glorified, glorified workout partner, pretty much, pushing them, you know, into the ground. And, like, they don't want to get beat by me, some broken down old white dude in the neighborhood, you know. And they got millions of dollar deals and shit. Like, they don't want to get out worked by me, you know. And that pushes them. That drives them. So where do you see the jungle in, say, five years? Like, what do you... What what do you kind of have when you when you think about it? Like where do you want to be? Man, I was hope I'm hugging a few go. I was hoping when they see that logo, it to be put all over. Like I want them to spray paint that on rail cars and subway stations. That you know, graffiti on buildings all over the country. <laughs> That'd be fire. Put it like the bat signal. They see that, they know what's going on. They're like all right, I know that. I seen that dude training. That was, you know, and I wanted like you know a documentary about how this came up because I don't see anybody else with a garage training the kind of people I've trained. And all over, right. and who who else is getting flown all over across the country to train guys? I mean, I'm sure they have them, but I mean, it's not. And how many themselves are actually partaking in the work? Women. Not just talking about it and got all these degrees and everything. Like, how many of them scored touchdowns? How many of them been hitting the mouth? How many of them know what it's like? Because this is injury. Right. First and foremost, at the finest. I also have a. a a foundation for the, like the kids. Like in the off season last year, every Saturday and Sunday, I opened it up for free for all the kids that you know that want to train. I had a uh, friend of mine, <coughs> the, um head coach at a high school around here. He brought players yeah. to graduate. Come, I never charged them. I said, man, and I, I showed them some stuff, and you know, because a, a lot of these this training is different. The game, everything's different these days. They like more soft on everybody, and injuries are piling up more and more. It's, show, it's showing because. 
This is what it does. I mean, would you go to you know war to, without any weapons and shit, without any protection? I lost him, man. Like I'm gonna build a body that's gonna take the licking and keep on ticking. I gotta run the ball. Eleven people gonna hit me every play, and they all bigger than me. And I'm running up the middle. There's nothing fan. We played smash mouth ball, you know, all the way up from hand in the ground, four yards deep, running right at you. It's nothing fancy. So you gotta bang and bang and bang and bang. You could just you know for a fact that there's going to be some kids that take away that same thing that you took away where it's not cold. You know I mean? And that's going to be that turning point for them. When they come in, they work with you. They learn just how to kind of change that mindset a little bit. Think about the world and themselves and everything differently. And and they're going to be telling this same story in 10 years. And they're going to say, I went to, I went to Colt's house on a Saturday and everything changed. And now here we are. uh, They definitely, like they never even thought about that. Like this, psychological warfare that goes with it and it's yeah it really man it like they all got brainwashed and it was like that was just one that's just one incident the cold thing hot, 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 hot ain't never hot what water huh? that's all good you know like we get a water break that's it the water go back to you know sitting down laying in the shade and all that there's none of that and because i mean you gotta, you gotta always look that's how i looked at it i'm like man there's somebody out there trying to outwork me right now. Somebody gonna get some shit that it was meant that I, I was wanted for myself. They gonna get it because I slacked. I, if I didn't get it, it was gonna be because nothing that I did didn't do. I was like, I'm willing to go through whatever I had to go through because uh, the shame and the humiliation, and embarrassment of not getting it done was worse to me than anything else. I didn't want that feeling again. I hated it. It disgusted me. And I just, I said, I ain't have it no more. And it just, that just burned. That was my driving fuel, just the hate for that, all of that. Man. That hit, I had me in the mind ready just to go through whatever, whatever I had to go through. I didn't care. They all day, I was doing push ups, so I couldn't lift my arm, whatever it took. So, that, like I said, the weather man. in the rain, I didn't give a shit if it was storm. It could be pouring, I'm still going to run. Well, my job is, oh, I'm going to let weather stop me? No. <laughs> I don't care if I'm struck by lightning out there. Maybe I strike me twice in the same spot, and I'm still going to keep... <laughs> well, like I said, I think that's the difference is, you know, in those times, you can either make that decision. You can either say, yeah, they're right, and you let it carry you down, you know, keep going, or you say, no, they're wrong, and, you, you know, you kind of build that, keep building those bricks on the shoulder of, this is my driver. So whenever I'm tired, nope, this is my driver, and it just kind of keeps pushing you. Man, so as we're wrapping up, tell people how they can follow you. Tell people how they can keep up with you, connect with you, train with you, all of that stuff. Uh, really, I have just Instagram, just putting up videos, little training, and they kind of just spread it. So like, they, they can hit, that's where I get the majority of, of my businesses off of Instagram and word of mouth. That's just how I work. Well, I will make sure that all of that is linked in the description. Um, Colt, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love keeping up with you. It's always a driver when I'm thinking that I'm really working out and I'm not because I just scroll and I see you and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it nearly enough. But um, thanks for your time and I'm super excited to keep up with everything that you're doing. Keep up with everything jungle related and best of luck with everything you've got going on. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me, man. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and I'd love if you left a rating and review. You can find me on all social platforms at Real David Ezel. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter chock full of all things entrepreneurship and growth at realdavidezell.com. Until next time.